Welcome to Season 1, Episode 23 of Digital Dissection, where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at our favorite properties. Welcome to Week 2, as we explore the careers of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. If you didn't catch last week, go there now. We talked about their origins in the film. We even looked at their Broadway show, The Book of Mormon. Today, though, we're going to dig into the small screen-ish, with a particular focus on South Park. You'll notice we barely scratched the surface of this in week one. It was deliberate. We saved it all for this week. So get ready to dig in to the 300 plus episodes we've been enjoying since 1997. Before we talk about our four favorite crew talking grade schoolers, we are Joe, Chelsea, and Mark, three friends who love talking pop culture and bringing our passion for our favorite properties straight to your ears. If you got your day by accident, though, try searching for us by typing in Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're not following particular podcast websites, you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and I believe even Instagram by searching for at Digital Dissect One. Our social media sites share more pop culture news and current information. So, like I said before, we are now on Instagram, which means hooray! Photos! Well, hey, we're back talking about Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, as we said last week, the folks on Twitter, they, they occasionally throw some ideas at us. So we decided let's start talking about some of our, our favorite content creators and then not realize that, holy shit, we're probably going to have to do this in four episodes because they've been doing this for like 35 plus years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, easily, right? Um, so there's just a lot to really dive into. And when we were looking things over it's like when we're looking at just like the thing they're most well known for alone of south park like that has to be its own thing it has yeah. to like there's no way we can just put south park into like 15 minutes of conversation as a part of a greater episode like no they it needs a whole one all to itself and yeah. even then Still not enough. It's going to be a little watered down. <laughs> <laughs> it's Isn't that nuts? Like, with everything mm -hmm. we've talked about over the last two weeks, it still feels like we did the LaCroix edition of covering, <laughs> like, <laughs> these guys. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The taste of South Park from another room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that being one of the reviews for the show. It's like, I felt like I heard a review of South Park in a crate next to the crate that contained the actual show in it because that's what I, <laughs> that's, that's what I got that's out of the best that. we got out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, yeah. we did. We did uh sidestep content on purpose. So mm -hmm. if you were screaming at the, you know, at whatever podcast, uh, you know, listening device that you use um, saying like, yeah, yeah, those guys left that out. Why is that not here? No, we're coming to it now. Yeah. yeah, they're just a bunch of phonies, those three. How could they leave out South Park? What big fat phonies? We're getting there. We were getting there. There was a plan. Yes, I'm a good hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, we did call a chance encounter at film school that got Trey Parker and Matt Stone, you know, uh, saddled up together back in 1992 at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Um, 
they would create an animated short called Jesus versus Frosty. Who here has seen that that little animated short? Not I. I have not either. Regale oh, us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. Uh, it's it's the, probably the crudest iteration you'll ever see because it's the very first thing that was South Park-ish. Um, it is basically Jesus and Frosty the Snowman just beating the hell out of each other. Um, and it did have some of the characters as we know them, but by different names. Like there's a Cartman looking figure in this short, but he's, uh, I think they actually call him, so I think he actually call him Kenny. Uh, yeah, the names of... are flipped around because I, I vaguely, you know, I think I have vaguely seen this because I think it was, I think Comedy Central aired it at one point in time. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, mm -hmm. It's it's widely regarded as one of like the original internet memes that was like you know first put out there, um, and this this short would get passed around you know as Trey Parker and Matt Stone you know would move to L.A. and an executive at Fox actually saw this and went, hey, can you guys make another one? Because I'd love to send it as a Christmas card to all of my friends. So they would do something similar, but instead of uh, Jesus and Frosty the Snowman, it would be Jesus and Santa fighting each other. Um, which you can probably tell there's some there's some uh, bad blood between those two. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we start off basically as this becoming a um, you know a glorified Christmas card, and then eventually you know it makes a jump into the series. So how does that happen? Well, I mean, as far as the the how it happens thing here um based on the popularity of this christmas card i mean you've got a fox executive who's pretty much uh i mean he's showing it to all of these big decision makers in the biz right people see it um mm -hmm. back then it was a little bit easier to make people laugh apparently because i'm not going <laughs> to say jesus versus santa sucks or anything but it was crude it was uh and I'm not just talking about the the stop motion and the you know the the construction paper thing. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it gets passed around. People start talking about it, and it kind of gets this pseudo cult following to the point where yeah, all of a sudden they're pitching the idea because that's all they hear about is that people love it. So yeah, so chance encounter. Somebody saw it. The right person saw it, and it ends up on Comedy Central. So all right. Well, that's not half bad. Um said you go from making movies in film school to uh uh living in a uh a rundown apartment in la and then you make a christmas card you get seen by the right people and you uh bam you get a shot at a tv show yeah yeah pretty straightforward man unlike our idea of having a, a nude photography studio and ha have lattes there as well um, <laughs> yep just, mm -hmm. just didn't work out we've no. been trying to get that off the ground for years now one day one day someone will see idea and how glorious it is and we'll have that studio. So there, there, that's actually a joke on a, on a business that Joe and I drove by called Tana Latte, where you can get Tana you, can, Latte. Tana Latte. <laughs> you, can, you can get a tan, and then you, after you're done, you get your latte and you go. I mean, well, then, there, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Tana Latte, not a sponsor of this podcast. No, no, no. Not, <laughs> No, no, 
not in the metropolitan known as Jefferson, Wisconsin, will they be, <laughs> <laughs> will they be sponsoring this podcast? Oh man. Okay. Oh. So yeah, well, like uh like you said, the humor of that of that card was pretty crude. And I mean, that's also kind of a mirror, but early South Park was. Um, I think I've said before in this podcast a few times we talk about um when South Park was first getting to off the ground, it was basically toilet humor. Um a lot of a lot of uh, dick and fart jokes, um, um, as obscenely as allowable on network television uh, could permit, uh, is what they kind of aimed for in its in its first few seasons. And <clears throat> when you look at those seasons, uh, the show is vastly different. So it's basically always centered on the boys and the boys getting into some sort of shenanigans that they have to try and get themselves out of by the end of the episode, or there's something just weirdly happening to the town that for some reason falls on the shoulders of the four boys to solve, which, you know, I think a lot of times they always point out how absurd it is the fact that they're the ones who have to solve it, but that's, that's where the show goes. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was yeah. 1997 and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was definitely very simplistic to that point. I mean, like South park becomes the town that everything just, goes bad uh everything that was used as like marketing and commercials back then all kind of points to that too mm -hmm. it's like oh my god this this is nuts this is crazy this is 1997 everybody's white still and so <laughs> it, it was like yeah like stuff was invading the town or mm -hmm. you know something a monster comes to the town and yep so it, every once you know, in a while you get some you get some fun little uh like it's not that satirical, but I guess like spoofing, I guess spo uh, spoofing would be the better word for what they did. Like remember, uh, was it season one or two? They, they spoofed the end of Dr. Monroe. Um, oh with, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Yes. The splicing. The, yeah. the island of Dr. Yeah, yeah. Monroe. Um, yes. Yes. The five ass monkey. Is that mm -hmm. what it was? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Mephisto is also modeled after Marlon Brando from that movie too. Yep. So mm -hmm. uh, ironically enough, that character would disappear after I think season three. Season yeah. Two. With you like no explanation, like just gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. you, you may catch him as like a background character. So like basically if there's a, as a shot of the town at large, you may see Mephisto in the background, but like you won't hear his voice. You won't see him really contributing. If he's there at all, he's just a background character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is in the Nambla episode, though. Yes. Because <laughs> he's oh, part of the, <laughs> the National Association of, of Marlon Brando. Uh, <laughs> Impersonators or yeah. aficionados or something. Yeah. 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 So uh, I guess he did survive <laughs> a little bit longer. Than <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, some things that are done in that in the early seasons, they established like running gags pretty well. Um, that continue some of them continue on to this day with south park like for i think we've mentioned how um alien there's an alien uh the, mm -hmm. the, the classic gray man looking alien there's one in every episode you just have to look for it but it's there um so that started mm -hmm. right off the bat in season one and still still goes um guest stars um is, is an ongoing thing uh we could go into but like the show will regularly have famous people on it, but they rarely have a a role where you could tell it was like the famous person. Mm -hmm. um, like I think the most notable one um, was George Clooney. 
uh, was a pretty big name, and he was Stan's dog, so he just barked, um, yeah. which you couldn't yeah. tell that was George Clooney at all. Um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld asked to be on it, and they were going to make him be Timmy's turkey, and then he ended up like saying, "No, I'm not going to do that. That's 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 stupid. I won't do it." Um, yeah. But yeah, Jennifer Aniston is the one I can think of um, that had like a larger like speaking role on it because she was uh the supervisor for the getting gay with kids in the rainforest main forest episode was she the uh, choir teacher or something like that yeah like, she was yeah. Really about to sing mm -hmm. yeah yep so she was the only one i can think of that is like a pretty large speaking role was there any, am well, I missing someone natasha henstridge uh who is like the the main antagonist of the species movies uh back then like oh, people yeah people lost their minds over species because it's like oh my god she's an alien but she's naked and it's like apparently yep. that was that was all the rage <laughs> i mean as as an enjoyer of science fiction my whole life that checks out that's pretty much <laughs> how it goes. it's like oh she's an alien but she's also a lady <laughs> yeah that's that's what puts butts in the seats right there um well the, the what i think the reason why this stuck out to me so much was because I bought the VHS tapes of South Park back in the day because I had to figure out a way to sneak these into my home without my parents finding out. Um, and of course they'd find out, but they were like, ah, he's already seen it too many times. So there's no point in taking it away. Mm -hmm. um, but, but in one of the intros to the episodes, so Trey Parker and Matt Stone used to do intros for like the whole first, like two seasons on these VHS tapes. And they were fucking hilarious. Um, we'll link those on the, on the comments here for y'all to look at. But, they had such a boner for Natasha Henstridge when they're talking mm. about her in the intro. Like they can't even hold it back. Like they're both <laughs> just like fawning over her a ton. Um, so I just always like to earmark that because it was just ridiculous how much of fanboys they were over her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. But yeah, they, they managed to early on in this show, uh, just to tell you about the hype train that South Park used to have, they managed to pull in a pretty big amount of like musical talent for the chef aid episode. Mm -hmm. If you remember. Oh yeah. yeah like chef they, aid. Had, they had Elton John on this fucking show. Which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, and uh, DMX was also part of that episode. If you guys knew that the late, the really? late great DMX. Yeah. He was was he episode. barking? I don't think so. Okay. I don't. I don't think he was barking. See, that probably makes sense because I think it would have recognized him if it was him barking. Like, oh, hey, that's DMX. <laughs> Which, no, that's not a sign against DMX. That that bark, that's brand recognition right there. And I know exactly what it was doing, and it was brilliant, brilliant. I say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah I, um. Yeah. Not always saying other um other running gags uh other than having you know um guest stars without very big roles on the show. Uh, probably the most popular running gag of the show, at least for its early life, was Kenny being killed in every single episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so he dies in all collective properties 126 times, um, which seems low given how long the show's been going. But that, that's a running gag that has like died down as the years have gone on. Uh, Kenny does not get killed in every episode anymore. You uh, bastards. <laughs> yes. The quintessential Kenny dies. Oh my god, they killed Kenny. You, you bastards. bastards. Yes, a good good one-two punch from Stan and Kyle there. 
Um, in the show itself, he's only died 98 times, only 98 times. Um, but yeah, those other ones are all tallied on to, uh, um, uh, to like side properties and shorts that they've done. So now I have collected a list of all the ways Kenny has died in the show, by the way. Um, oh, dear God. I will go over them, but does anyone want to wager um, the one thing that's killed Kenny the most? And by one thing, uh, multiple different things have caused this death, but basically it, they ended up all killing him in the same manner. So what do we think is the most popular way or the most frequent way that Kenny has died on the show? Hmm. Well, let me think about that for a second. I mean, animal tax would probably be like a yeah. A... That's that's a good guess. I'm mm -hmm. I'm seeing a murderous, you know, mob of rats in my head right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the rats never actually kill him. The rats pretty much just take him off when he's done, though. Like he's already yeah, shot by the time the rats get there. Yeah, the rats de <laughs> definitely show up post mortem every yep. time. There are a yeah. good deal of animal deaths uh, as well. But they are not the thing that kills Kenny the most. Uh, I was I, I will guess getting hit by vehicles. That's up there. Mm. That's up there. Something that always kills him, though. <sighs> See, it's not the same thing that does this, but the, that they, it is, um, I guess, the best way to put it, the single thing or the single way that Kenny has died the most with a grand total of 12 times is just him being crushed by something. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like something falls <laughs> on him, like it's a tree, it's a statue, a oh, stage sure. light. Um, just something falls and crushes and kills Kenny. But <clears throat> I shall now, in an expedited manner, for fun of the podcast, go over all the ways that Kenny has died and attempt to get it done in less than... Let's go a minute. I think I can get it done in under a minute. Let me so put the wants, stopwatch on. Right, me on right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to time this shit out of you right here. Take right. your big-ass um, breath now. All right. <laughs> so all right hold on a second. You tell me you tell me when I can go. All right, Joe, you are now on the clock. Trampled, ran over, lasered, crushed, shot, impaled, burned by fire, dismembered and microwaved, touched by death itself, chainsawed, mutant turkeys, stabbed, <laughs> asphyxiated, hit by a train, electrocuted, dodgeball, abducted by the big black scary monster, firecracker, chicken pox, skewered by a bull, Dis, uh, head bit off by Ozzy Osbourne, drowned, conveyor belt, falls at an open grave, struck by lightning, spontaneous combustion, smashed by a succubus, eaten by a bear, thrown into a pile of rusty nails, shredded by a giant fan, conch shell to the face, Caesar, slow, snow speeder, beaten by the phonics monkey, frozen in carbonite, internal explosion of his intestines, the brown note, uh, frying pan to the face, eaten by his alien brother, uh, and acid tablets and water interacting in his stomach, dragged by a wheelchair, sacrificed, an airstrike, a president on his phone, eaten by a giant bird, vomits out his own intestines, laughs himself to death, blood loss, cut in half by a boomerang, lava, mysterious causes, muscular dystrophy, zapped by Saddam Hussein, tossed into a ceiling, reduced to a vegetative state, and then feeding tube removed, stray bullet from elsewhere in the episode, syphilis, Blown up by a rocket, drowns in his own urine, autoerotic asphyxiation, suicide, <laughs> eaten by a giant reptilian bird, boredom, jumps out of a window trying to fly, and Alexa. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm clapping over here too. Yeah. Um, your official time was one minute thirty seconds. Damn it! A whole, um, a whole half minute over. Ah. <laughs> oh. But can I, can I say though of my favorite deaths because I was waiting to hear it. It is absolutely the one where the bomb is strapped, or the uh, where Timmy has the wheelchair with the, the time machine <laughs> strapped to it, and mm-hmm. and they they send Kenny to try and dis disarm it, and they overshoot him, and then they drag him back, <laughs> and, 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 it, and of course the cart flips over, so yep. he's, he's just being scraped across the, the road for like a mile. Oh, and you you know it's gonna happen. You know yep, you that see it's it, gonna happen. He's, the kid's not making it through it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that is. Brilliant. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, just the dumb ways. Like I've always enjoyed the ways, like where they set up where you think, okay, this is how Kenny is going to die, and then he doesn't end up being killed by that at all. Um, <laughs> uh, that me struck by lightning. He does die from that, but then he gets resuscitated and brought back to life, and he lives the rest of the episode. But he yeah, did it's die for rainforest. Yeah, rainforest rainforest. Yeah. Um, and I think, like in the what the Mecha Barbara Streisand episode, like they they <laughs> say, like they look at like, oh fuck, like, Kenny's gonna die. He's gonna get stepped up by Mecha Barbara Streisand. They like, do it like four different times. Yeah, and then like he just randomly dies at the end from something falling on him in his, in his own house. And it's like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you mentioned, the stray bullet, that's in the episode, the list where mm-hmm. uh they're like at the end of the episode they're the like the characters are fighting on the rooftop yeah, and the gun just Bay fires Bay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gun fires and the bullet just goes right through his house oh yep and i think one of the one of the best things about this gag is they do revisit it even after they're like okay you know the, the, the gag is basically I think it's like season three or four. It's basically right before the movie, bigger, longer, and cut. They, they say, we're going to put an end to the gag because that's how they end up introducing Butters as a regular character uh, by having Kemi, Kenny permanently die off. That's his muscular dystrophy death um, is what causes his permanent death, which isn't permanent. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, okay, the gag's on its course. And then much later on in the series, they revisit the fact that, you know what? Kenny seems to always die and no one ever remembers him dying. Like other than Kenny, Kenny remembers him dying and they never really go into that. Cause I mean, I think it's even like uh, when they do the two part episode of figuring out who Cartman's dad is, like Kenny just like reappears at the start of the second he, part of that episode. Like just he literally uh, he just uh, appears. He just yeah. operates yeah. like he's mm-hmm. there. And like there's like oh hey Kenny, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he walked into the room and no one saw him or something. Um, but that, one of the funnest things that it turns out is they they revisit that. It's like okay, like let's make up a story. Why is it that um, Kenny basically always died and no one uh, no one would remember him dying? Oh, it's because his parents are part of a Cthulhu sex cult. <laughs> Naturally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Aren't everyone's? Yeah, I mean that's I'm pretty sure why like you know half the population um, is here today is through Cthulhu sex cults. It was just just the thing to do uh, in the eighties. <laughs> you know, I don't have enough evidence to refute that claim. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like it turns out that um, so Kenny just has this weird curse on him that like he's gonna die pretty frequently and will always just come back um and they he comes back exactly how he was before he died um with no one having any knowledge other than himself and apparently i think his parents like 
they know about it because obviously they're in the cult. But yeah, they yeah. know. Yeah. His mom, know. you know, in the episode that they introduced that in, definitely goes, "Oh, it's happening again." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Then they would just go and just set him in his room and and walk away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh my god! That you know, oh, I, it's it's funny you mentioned bigger, large, longer, and uncut because um, obviously we didn't talk about that as part of the cinematic history of Trey Parker mm-hmm. and Matt Stone, which it's a it's a movie, but yeah, but, we decided to yeah, yeah. I love being with South Park instead of instead of their movies. Yeah, yeah, I I thought it was uh, it, that was obviously a movie once again that I could not go see in theaters because. Like I couldn't go see a rated R movie at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, Joe and his wacky friend could have probably gone and see it though. You know. <laughs> yep, with my my dad um, yeah. in quotes because <laughs> yep, he didn't care. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny that uh, we talked about some of the guest stars on uh, on the show, and then looking at you know bigger, longer, and uncut because. Obviously, Trey Parker and Matt Stone don't like working with celebrities. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty evident if you look at their their guest stars throughout the history of the show. Like, yeah, there's there's a few more peppered into it at the very beginning, but as you go, they are not working with really anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. there there was a, I think there's like a four season break where they don't have a celebrity guest on the show, yeah, at all. Which. By the way, any celebrities listening to this, we have the opposite policy on that. If you want to come on the show, the answer is yes. Emphatically. We are open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're that guy who ate like 99 pizza rolls and then had to go to the hospital, we'll talk to you too. Yeah, tell us care. about it. We want to hear about it. I mean, I've <laughs> I've eaten a lot of pizza rolls in a single sitting, but never that much. So I want to hear about <laughs> about your life choices <laughs> and consequences. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so here, here's what's interesting about bigger, longer, and uncut. Other than the fact that it's a euphemism for something else. Mm-hmm. So since Trey Parker and Matt Stone don't like working with celebrities, they did something very trollish about the people that they did bring into the movie. Um, a lot of folks know that George Clooney kind of fought his way into it because you know they had him voice, you know, <laughs> Sparky <laughs> the <Yeah>. dog. Um, <laughs> but they would get other actors for the movie who would portray other actors, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was very odd. You're going to be on this movie. You're going to portray someone else. So they actually got Brent Spiner to play oh. Conan O'Brien in B- Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Data himself playing uh, yeah. Conan O'Brien. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was weird. Uh, Mike Judge, uh, who we just covered uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, he actually ended up voicing Kenny in the movie. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it just didn't make any sense. Like they uh and then th- there's some other folks in this, but um but not nearly to the point that you could even recognize half of them. So yeah, they they continued that 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 business with the movie, but um about the movie though. I, I know we're not reviewing it. It's it's it could be a topic on its own, but I do want to dig into it a little bit. What were our thoughts on on the movie? I liked it. Yeah, um, I mean, I liked it. it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it was just kind of fun for the first time really seeing South Park in something longer than what, like a half hour viewing period. Mm -hmm. um, so they just, you know, got to do more with the storytelling. And then obviously it comes right out the gate, you know, kind of celebrating that R rating. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're here, we're doing this, we've got the rating and it's we're going to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will make a song dedicated to Kyle's mom yeah. and her weight and general disposition. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think I loved it for the same reason uh, that we've talked about how much like we loved Star Trek Beyond and that it just felt like a, like a longer episode of the show. Mm -hmm. um, it was um, like, Lighting um, was obviously better. You could tell there was a there's a much higher budget for that movie than there was any given episode or two part episode uh, or even I would say possibly even a full season of that show. Mm -hmm. And like so that that always helps. You get that that cool lighting and that much more crisp quality to things. And then uh, the humor, like it's the same but just cranked up to eleven. Mm -hmm. And Unlike um, a lot of things where where it feels like they do that, and it feels like they've they've gone too much. Uh, South Park just didn't, didn't do that because, like you know, they already pushed the envelope for what they could do on TV. So here, now that they have um, <laughs> position to do that in the movie, like fucking hell, like just they're gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I loved it. Like again, I didn't. Unfortunately, the stars did not align, and I did not see this one in movies. Uh, uh, this movie in the theaters too. I had to wait for the uh, the eventual release, um, and then get it on my own 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 ways. But yeah, no, I liked the movie a lot. Um, I enjoyed um, uh, some things that it, like I don't want to say callback to the show, but like basically seeing that like things that happened in the show like directly led into the movie. I thought was really great. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you yep. know, Saddam Hussein was Satan's um, boyfriend <laughs> was a hilarious touch. You know, I, I give them a lot of credit, uh, you know, on South Park because of the fact that, you know, we, we covered how Trey Parker has always had a, a musical talent and mm -hmm. he, he's always had a, a love for theater and, and Broadway and these things. And there was a little bit of risk involved in bringing that to this movie because, you know, they're they're basically parodying almost any Disney film you've ever watched. And and it's an R-rated movie with mm -hmm. uh you know with literal stock photos of dildos in it. And, <laughs> and so you know, uh it's it's such a strange match that works really well. And and the music was so well made um that it would actually land these guys an Academy Award nomination, um, which still blows my mind uh, i'm sure so. it blew the academy's mind too <laughs> <laughs> oh the academy i have not i still haven't forgiven them uh for giving uh best makeup to suicide squad over star trek beyond I'm like are you fucking kidding me like that is a joke oh. are you oh. like seriously you think harley quinn's running fucking mascara is better than any alien from that movie stupid <laughs> academy you know what? It's funny you should say that, Joe, because Trey Parker and Matt Stone kind of mirrored that sentiment, and not for the reasons you would think with regards to how they lost this Academy Award. They would end up losing it uh, to Tarzan. 
for you know you'll be in my heart mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> by phil collins. first of all i yeah. love phil collins so mm -hmm. <laughs> and i think they don't they take that on them in the next season oh they told okay yep. so it was it wasn't like a case of butthurt either okay like they they just got in there and they went we're, we're not going to win this like mm -hmm. there's no way they're going to let us win and part of that was probably because they were you know high on lsd and they were in dresses but whatever yeah um yeah <laughs> but but yeah they said we knew we were going to lose but we, we just didn't know we we're going to fucking lose to phil collins and so they <laughs> took it out on him for <laughs> for two episodes it was ridiculous <laughs> yep yeah it was the it was the Ridland episode where cartman was seeing the tiny christina aguilera monsters <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> and Phil oh. Collins was uh he, he's carrying around like his freaking <laughs> his Academy Award the whole episode too. Oh, the entire the entire <laughs> yep. time. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it was funny though, but like the movie it was kind of like a pivot point and and you guys might agree with this too cuz I think you've you've read into this as well that um that Trey Parker hated the first 3 seasons of the show. Mm -hmm. Like I mean I I, I don't think that uh, the first three seasons are anything to be ashamed of but i mean it's definitely the most original like plot that we've gotten out of the series i would think right yeah yeah it has like more original themes absolutely it's a little it is more crude i think than yeah. you know starting season four and and going on they get a little bit more polished with you know the way that everything looks and they do, I think, kind of move away from like fart jokes and things like that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, it, it's a lot of great original content. Otherwise, that I mean, great. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> throwing around the word "great" and uh, it gets so because it's actually terrible content, but it's hilarious. So, what do you do? <laughs> oh man, and is this? Because yeah, the the episode where um, it is decided by the powers that be that it was okay to say the word shit on TV. Oh, um, the S word. Yeah, yeah, does that happen within the first three seasons or afterwards? Um, I want to say that is. Oh man, is that season? It, it feels like that would be season five. Yes, it's called. It hits the fan. It's season five. It's the mm -hmm. first episode. Okay. Of that. Yeah, and and they have this like uh, <laughs> what what is this like old order of knights called like the the knights of standards of practices? Yep, and they're protecting <laughs> the seals. And the seals are all holding back the swear word. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, that, my gosh! Yeah, it hits the fan. Would be uh, really funny because it was making fun of uh, wow, what was the show that tried to do or that did this that dropped the word shit for the first time. Um, God, it was like one of those crime procedurals that did this. That's what they were making fun of. Like, okay. it was a big deal because, uh, because this this like show that nobody even gave a shit about anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. not, not to literally use shit just for for the hell of it, but um, <laughs> well, the seal's yeah, broken. So, you can't help it. Yeah, yeah. Some cop show just throws shit out there for you know some throwaway line, and they see this and they go. Yeah, we need to say this over a hundred yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! Six times to be exact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it was so it was oh, so funny. Man. 
yeah. yeah but okay so that that, that jumped ahead but i know you were you're talking about um season four and the changes that really brought about one of my favorite ones uh that i think really came uh changes that came in season four is just how much more you get like to see the parents yeah. uh and these peripheral characters of south park and we're not focusing just on the boys every time because um Honestly, as the show goes on, like my favorite character has definitely become Randy out of out of the whole show. Oh, yeah. And when he's just gotten so much more of a chance to shine uh, <laughs> since season four. Um, season four, I'm trying to remember like anything. Uh, I'm trying to remember any standout things he does in season four. I don't think there's too many because one of the first things that I really remember him doing is definitely the day after tomorrow, after the next where he, for some reason, is a scientist who is entrusted with like saving the town from <laughs> from climate change. That that's a little bit further ahead, but season mm-hmm. four was very important because of a a boy band that Randy used to be a part of called Fingerbang. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fingerbang was season four. The episode would be called something you can do with your finger, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it. it, it and it showcased Randy as a former boy band star. And uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that. I had that one on VHS. And every time I, I put that on, um, I thought for sure my parents were going to find out and like just ground the shit out of me because I was laughing so hard at the finger bang episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, yeah, it's and hilarious then, yeah. because Randy starts off in the beginning of, you know, in the beginning of the show as a respectable adult he's a geologist mm-hmm. you know that that's that's respectable nice yeah. schooling mm-hmm. should be you know an intelligent good role model nay yeah, he probably at least has a master's degree in this whole thing yeah somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and kind of what we allude to uh you know in last week's episode like trey parker and matt stone did pretty much model stan and kyle's parents after their own parents like it's you know, Randy and Sharon, that was, that was uh, Trey's, you know, uh, parents' name. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it, it was definitely funny. Uh, I agree with Joe completely on this, that Randy's emergence as a, as like a mainline character. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, good God, he sets up so many funny episodes that oh, don't even involve the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, that was for me, that was like the, the, the first big Randy moment was, was that one for sure though mm-hmm. um, uh, all right other than that like you get new characters in the season um because like i think kenny is still dead in this season so like they're they're working like uh butters as his his replacement because originally the plan was to kill off kyle and then yeah. ultimately it was decided they wouldn't they wouldn't kill kyle um but they would instead uh, kill Kenny because he dies anyway. And there's also a way again, like I, I'm pretty sure they probably felt like the Kenny dying every episode was just getting old. So it, it allowed them to end that uh, and then bring in uh, someone new. So uh, most certainly we get Butters, Tweak, and uh, Craig out of this. Um, yeah. Butters being a fantastically great sheltered little child um, that he is, who in his mind, again, like just... I think like looking at the show, like Butters is probably like of all the characters, the most true like like representation of a child at that age. Um yeah. because he literally thinks the worst thing that could happen to him in his whole life is to get grounded. That's the <laughs> absolute like pinnacle of bad things that could possibly happen to him at his age. 
And that's just where Butters is. He's like, oh, crap. Oh, what was it? Oh, what does he say whenever he's about to get? Is it Shucks? Is he a Shucks kid? Oh, Shucks guy. Oh, fellers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get grounded again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, one of my favorite Butters moments is uh, is is when they it's it's margarine that the margarine oh, episode. oh my god <laughs> and and uh and so they they, they kind of mimic the whole pet cemetery thing because they fake mm-hmm. butter's death and uh and then at the end of the episode they think that he's a zombie so like they literally kill this woman and attempt to feed it to butters in the basement and, and he goes can I just have some SpaghettiOs? <laughs> oh, that poor kid. That poor kid. Oh, but yeah, you're, you're you're totally right, man. Like after after season four, like we we definitely expand. You know, we we go from full screen to widescreen, right? Like we're getting so many different characters coming into play, and I, I would say, um, like season five, really builds on that quite a bit mm-hmm. um because we have uh after the shit episode there's cripple fight which introduces jimmy to the yeah. to this the show mm-hmm. um, and yeah, which yeah sorry yeah. because but yeah but because like he gets in a fight with timmy who is introduced to the show uh due to the phil like a part of the whole phil collins um anger and frustration is because uh phil collins is boycotting the fact that timmy uh, becomes a part of a rock band where he just he is a um a child with a cognitive disability where he's in a wheelchair and the only thing he says is his name in varying different like levels of expression and so yeah. like he gets put into a band because they they'd play like a riff they'd stop and they hear Timmy respond to it and like oh that sounds pretty cool let's get the guy in the band and so he joins <laughs> the band and Phil Collins is like oh they're they're taking advantage of this poor kid. This is disgusting. This is horrible. That's part of Phil Collins' douchebaggery episode. Um, yeah. So you get Timmy there, and like you said, Jimmy gets brought in on 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 the next the fight episode where Jimmy and Timmy have to fight to the death. <laughs> which, which this episode would become well known uh, for literally taking frame for frame the fight from They Live. <laughs> have, have, have either of you seen they live isn't that the one where it's like weird monstrous babies no 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 this is this is the one this, this says literally rowdy righty or rowdy rowdy righty piper from fucking professional wrestling and he has a pair of magical glasses that he puts on that lets him know who aliens oh, are shit, in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. So, oh, so this this movie was uh, obviously like awesomely bad for a long time, but it was known for this like ten minute fight sequence between Roddy Piper and Keith David, where they're just like beating the hell out of each other, and Cripple Fight took that full fight and and did it between Jimmy and Timmy, and. <laughs> If you watch They Live and Cripple Fight next to each other, you're they didn't miss anything. <laughs> to- totally ridiculous. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that that's season uh season five actually. Um so that would actually be the season where where Kenny does die. Like he dies in the movie, um, but at the end of season five, that's where he would actually have his uh you know his 
I'm, it's very emotional. Uh, I'm getting ch choked up over here. His <laughs> very emotional death would happen in that episode. Um, because uh, <laughs> basically, it starts. It, 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 this is like when the the series really starts to nail the rip from the headlines conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if y'all remember on this one, this is like the the stem cell debate. Yeah, and it comes into it. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, then they have like, is it a Gene Hackman and uh, Christopher Reeve? Christopher Reeves. Yes. Yep. That, yep. That that would happen mm -hmm. later. Yeah. That, oh, okay. that 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 just tells you how long the stem cell debate, you know, went on for though. It's because, still kind of going uh, on. Well, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was two thousand one, right? So we're yeah. still we're still going at it twenty years later, but. Um, Chelsea, do you remember specifically the House of Representatives in this episode? I never meant to be so bad to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it kills me every time. Fucking heat of the moment by Asia, sung by the House of Representatives. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how Cartman uh, solves the debate. That's how he solves oh the God. the stem cell debate. Is he gets the House of Representatives to sing "Heat of the Moment." And <laughs> oh my God, I'm I'm almost I'm almost crying right now just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it was so brilliant. Oh man, but the the best thing too, I feel like Cartman is not there for for good reasons either oh no if we remember no. right like the whole is he's there with like a super ulterior motive yeah yeah and i'm happy you bring that up chelsea because this wouldn't be the first instance of stan and kyle kind of working against cartman because mm -hmm. you know in the beginning cartman always kind of has his own uh, motives for doing certain things and they're never truly mm -hmm. like that crazy. It's just selfishness really. And this is an example of the, the narrative kind of shifting on Cartman a little bit because yeah, like Stan and Kyle actually wanted, want to get stem cell research to help their friend. Cartman wants to use stem cells to build a restaurant so that he can eat there wherever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Is this so he can have two shakies, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's it. That, that is totally it. Just just a shakies pizza next to another shakies pizza. That's it. That is the only two reason why he does it. Two pizzas. Oh, just, just he's such an asshole after a while. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after a while, I mean, asshole is too light of a term for Eric Carbon. Oh, it, it totally is. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... We could definitely talk about it. I mean, I, I guess from from your guys' perspectives here, why is Cartman such a big asshole? If you, if you've got any examples that you want to throw out there, well, I mean, just picking out from one of his greatest hits is probably Scott Tennerman. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're looking at like his act of vengeance on that one one person alone, and how many laws he breaks to do it. Um. I mean, yeah, I guess we should just build that out for the folks listening who haven't seen 
you know, th- this episode with Scott Tennerman. Yep, Scott Tennerman must die. Yeah. Yeah, um, who wants to who wants to, to just sum that episode up? So yeah, Scott Tennerman, he's an older local bully, right? It's I mean, he bullies more than just Cartman. He kind of like bullies all of all of the boys. And this is someone actually who Cartman kind of just allows the bullying to happen for a little while until he is just done with it anymore and decides that he is going to get Scott Tenement back with the ultimate prank, which is not a prank, but then just goes way too far and involves murdering both of his parents <laughs> and making them into a chili and then serving them to Scott as like a, as like a peace offering. But in all reality, you just ate your motherfucking parents. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he also manages to get Radiohead to come visit him, uh, who real like as he's eating his his parents because uh, <laughs> they're Scott's favorite band. band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which oh my god, that that episode, like I, I think for a lot of people that's Joe. It's, it's, it's good. You bring that up. Like that's mm-hmm. where they said, yeah, Cartman went from selfish asshole to like full on psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me eat your salty tears, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So yummy. Yummy. <laughs> oh. oh man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And then he would he would get even worse in the episode Casa Bonita, where you know Kyle has um, you know a couple invites to go to this birthday party at the Casa Bonita restaurant, which is you know I I believe is a real restaurant, wasn't it? I think so. Um, yeah. 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 And uh, Cartman doesn't get invited, so he comes up with a way to trap Butters into a bomb shelter long enough for him to be able to replace him. And I, I just have some concerns with the writers of this staff sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty messed up. That, that's messed mm-hmm. up. I don't care if it's even comedic. It's fucked up. <laughs> and again, still, he, he does so much worse. It doesn't even mm-hmm. stop there. I mean, no. there's countless things. It's I'm not just sure. I'm HIV positive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god well, <laughs> well here, here's one thing um just because i know we do prep for the show i think i'm gonna i think i'll i'll save this one because I, I i know that we've got some really good some good things we can end off with on just the cartman stuff um but kind of going back to the social commentary um side of the show because yes there's 24 seasons of this show we cannot go episode for episode and explain every single one of them. Like we don't have time. I don't think people want to hear that. So (laughs) picking out some specific examples of this show, despite it being crude and, you know, at times people have said it's classless, right? It actually did some really big things along the way. And one of them is actually in season one. Do you guys remember Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride? Oh, I do recall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On its face, if you watch that episode now, you might look at it and just go, 
you know, uh, this is season one. I'm not mm-hmm. expecting a whole lot out of them, you know. But remember, this was 1997 when this episode came out. It was doing something that no other show had the balls to do. Nobody was covering any kind of lifestyle like this, you know, or or I don't even want to say lifestyle. I don't think that's the right word. But either way, no one had the balls to do this. And South Park did. So there's this character, they classless, once again, they call him Big Gay Al, <laughs> which whatever. It was that's that's literally the name of the character. But they actually celebrated uh you know just just the life that he lived and and the friends that he had and the parties they you know because his house was basically like uh it was supposed to be like willy wonka's factory wasn't it yeah it was definitely a place of pure imagination and and, and gay sex um. <laughs> <laughs> i wish there was a different way to say it but that's that's basically the best way to put it. I mean, yeah. it, mm-hmm. his house is a celebration of, of, of like gayness. It just is. And, and there's like a, they, they teach the history lesson of, of some mm-hmm. of the important things along the way. And so I, as a kid, even I was like going like no one else has tried to do this mm-hmm. at all. And no one would for almost what, like 20 years later, 15 years later. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was season one. Like, so kind of like what we talked about with, you know, Roddenberry and Star Trek, you know, like taking some chances here very early on and, and bringing some subject matter that people kind of like, I don't think they're ready to see yet, but it was a very important episode, you know, historically looking back, I, I it just really was. Um, and they would, they would do this again, like along the way, like they wouldn't always be like, like big issues like that, but pulling straight from the headlines, um, do you guys remember uh, the best friend forever episode? Mm, that one's not as strong for me. I need more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> this is another one of those selfishness uh, Cartman versus Stan and Kyle episodes um, where Kenny is on life support. Oh, yes. Uh, yep. Yes. And yeah. And Stan and Kyle are kind of like, well, you know, we, we don't think that. Um, he should be pulled off of life support because we think there's still a lot there. Cartman's like, yeah, but I, I want his, uh, his, what was it? A PSP? I think he wanted something like that. Yeah. It was his PSP. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. just got a PSP. Yeah. He wants PSP. (laughs) Yep. So Cartman's on the other side of this debate, which at the time involved Terry Schiavo, who was in the same position. She was, yeah. So she was a essentially a, a brain dead from everyone's uh, account, but yeah, the same basic debate. So it's funny that we just talked about Cartman becoming like a a psychopath. Uh, this was like another important step on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but, because yeah. he shows that he can he can portray emotion. He can portray you know, to adults or to other people to try and get them to do the things that he wants to do. But ultimately, he's not doing those things for a truthfully good reason. It's so self-serving. Everything is self-serving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But um, moving on from there, though, I mean, any other, like, big episodes you guys can remember that, like, either they hit really hard from an award-winning standpoint or, I mean, just, just subject matter-wise? 
Hmm. Um, subject matter wise, there's a big one. I, I so about. yeah, mine is definitely the wow episode make love not warcraft yes oh yes <laughs> yes 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 as a wow player myself it's just all extra fun and just seeing all the guys in there with their mm -hmm. classes and their characters and <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing it is and also in uh, an underrated Stan, uh, not Stan, Randy episode too, with his involvement yes. in that. <laughs> Love yes. That. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And I think to this day, um, we'll still like bring up uh, if like we're not enjoying a game as much as we were uh, or as much as like, like, and like I'll do it like for playing like a party game and I'm losing. I'll be like, yeah, this isn't as fun as Hello Kitty Island. <laughs> yeah. I just want to play my Hello Kitty Island adventure. <laughs> of course, Butters would be. Uh, God damn it, Butters. <laughs> I'm the dwarf character. Go back and Yeah. <laughs> but all the other characters are taken. <laughs> that that oh. episode uh for me that that episode was was crazy funny too because i wasn't playing uh world of warcraft but i was playing um lord of the rings online so, yeah you know similar experience but but what it really hit home for me and chelsea you may agree with this or not but when they do the montage with <laughs> paul stanley's live to win playing mm -hmm. <laughs> and you see the boys who are like they're just XP grinding. They're killing boars, and they they go from their normal size to like morbidly obese with like acne and <laughs> and Cartman's literally shitting in a bedpan that his mom brings down for him. Man, uh, hot packets. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It actually inspired me to stop playing my MMO as much. <laughs> like, you just step back like, a little okay. bit after this one. Because <laughs> how do you see, kill see, one that has no life? life. <laughs> 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 oh, just, oh my god. The Sword of a Thousand Truths sitting in a flash yes. drive somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Held but by you can get the like You can get the actual weapon in the game, too. It's not called oh the Sword of a Thousand Truths, but it does exist. <laughs> Completely drains the user of their mana? No, it's, no. Nothing at uh, all. It's, <laughs> it's purely Especially now, now that, you know, mm -hmm. it would just be purely cosmetic. Yeah. But it's still it's still funny. Like the thread that Joe was talking about with involving the parents. Uh, after a time here, we do kind of find out that, like in the beginning, when the parents and the kids were kind of separated, you realize that uh, over time that the parents are just as ridiculous as the kids are, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so to see this like thread of the adults having all these connections to WoW and and uh, it's it's almost like a like a I'm trying to think of the right word here. Like the journeys are just as ridiculous, no matter who you're watching, whether it's the kids, whether it's the adults, like they, they meet the same level of mm -hmm. intensity from just how stupid things can get. Yeah. Well, like when you find fact, out, Oh no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think 
the adults can maybe even be more ridiculous than the kids. The kids, mm -hmm. like at least, like they're the ones, you know, a, a lot of cartoons and actually things like that do this where, you know, the, the parents or the adults or something like that, like just, they just won't get it. They won't be smart. They can't figure it out. All the problem solving and things like that is left to the kids. So I feel like they're, they're playing off of that trope too. Um, which is hilarious because when you already have all these kids doing crazy freaking shit and then obviously, well, where'd they learn it all from? <laughs> <laughs> mostly Randy, I think. It has to be coming mostly from Randy. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Cartman, she lives a colorful life. She really does, yeah. <laughs> Just Especially... ask all of the 82 Denver Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the entire, the entire yeah. team. <laughs> uh, which, that that was actually a very, uh, like, as we talked about, like, poignant examples of this series uh, in, like, big episodes. That was the cliffhanger from season one, was... Mm -hmm. We no one knew who Cartman's uh, father was, and so you have this like you know really ridiculous path to getting there. Um, but it, it, just the cliffhanger itself wouldn't be like the the reason why everybody flipped out. It was actually because when season two was supposed to begin, Trey Parker and Matt Stone said that falls on April first. <laughs> we're totally going to fuck with everybody. <laughs> so like South Park is huge. Everybody's watching it. And all of a sudden there's the Terrence and Phillip episode that premieres season two. <laughs> <laughs> and just makes everyone mad. <laughs> everyone's pissed. Everyone's they're getting hate mail. Um, people are writing the network. Like what? Like they're writing comedy central going, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, they would totally screw with everybody like that. That's, that's who you're dealing with here. <laughs> that's, that's who Trey Parker and Matt Stone are. They would, they would totally fuck with you and create an episode just to troll you. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the, but, uh, long story short, the episode I was actually thinking about that we haven't discussed yet. And it's a really big, uh, commentary episode was Margaritaville. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Randy episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Is this one where he's trying to like return he's trying to return like a like a daiquiri maker or something, isn't he? He's trying yeah. to return to Margaritaville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a Margaritaville Margarita maker. Yeah. And they use the the idea of trying to return this item because it was purchased in a very complicated way. Mm -hmm. uh, that basically described how the U.S. economy faltered at that same time. Like so, they they basically used uh, some of the the background about how companies would take debt and then they would consolidate it by splitting it up into these like ghost companies, right? Like these shell corporations, and so they would hide debt into these other companies. So every time they would have like a, a profits or earnings report or something, the main company that did most of the, you know, the uh, did most of the actual, like what was called the actual business looked good because all of the other businesses had the losses spread out across them. So think of the Enrons of the world, right? 
Like mm-hmm. Enron pulled that shit right around the same time. And South Park kind of, I wouldn't say blew the lid on it, but they explained it out, like how this was possible. And they used returning this margarita machine as the, uh, the, the way to do it. And it was nuts how well it yeah. worked. <laughs> and it was kind of fun that like, there's so many adults in that episode who have no idea how the economy works because they treat it like it's some sort of like deity or entity and not like something that you can um, understand of like how it functions. It's just some sort of weird spiritual thing that you have to, I think I would like to make sacrifices to it or something. <laughs> like it's just like, it's bizarre how like no one in their, like in the adult world knows how the economy works. And I think that's again part of the commentary that they're trying to make um, in that episode is that people talk about it like it's some sort of living being instead of trying to really understand how it functions. Yeah, it's a religion almost mm-hmm. at that point. And that's exactly how Randy like rises up as one of the most popular prophets about the economy. Because um, <laughs> he tells people that, you know, hey, we should be wearing robes instead of, you know, from our bed sheets instead of commercially purchased clothing. Mm-hmm. And we must uh, mark the economy no longer. <laughs> oh my god. It was just so wonderful. And and then and then at the end, they don't learn anything from the entire fucking lesson because Randy is scoping out a margarita machine that now has like a guacamole maker on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody learned a damn thing from the entire nope. exercise. <laughs> and it's gone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh, man. I could do it all day. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the memes that came out of that. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that still come out of it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that's that's something that's really crazy about about Trey Parker and Matt Stone in South Park in general is mm-hmm. how it has managed to stay relevant. I mean, for almost a generation of people, mm-hmm. like we're almost at twenty five years of South Park. Yeah, and, yeah. I I yeah. literally think I remember this being out when I was in middle school or junior high, however you want to classify it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, same point for me too. I think we're all same age, you know, age range here. Um, we're in our thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some just higher in that than others. <laughs> I really think what one of the craziest things to actually come out of South Park had nothing to do with you know an actual episode itself, but rather how the episodes were made, because the creative process of Trey Parker and Matt Stone we almost knew nothing about until the six days to air documentary came out. Um, and so I guess what are your, your first takeaways from having seen that documentary? I just, I guess a whole new appreciation for what they're doing. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I, I had no idea that they were putting out episodes like that. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, almost like a bizarre animation sweatshop that they're running. And 
Like, it's not even like they're like the ones cracking the whip. Like, they're the ones doing like a lot of it themselves. Um, mm -hmm. especially like early, like earlier on. I think now they've got a like a like a larger team with them helping them do it. So I'm sure it's not as strenuous as it once was, but it's still again like making something with only six days to get to air. Um, yeah, like Chelsea said, there's just a lot of respect there now. And I think it's like I mean, it really helps the show stay fresh. It allows them to be kind of like more topical than any other show out there because as something comes up, South Park gets to make fun of it the next week mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who is going to be, you know, like they're writing a season right now. So, you know, six months from now when the show's new season premieres, we'll see that message uh, being brought to the screen. South Park gets to do it in a week. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's something where if you really didn't appreciate the show at all, like you should at least have like a bit of respect for, again, like how they actually produce the episodes. Yeah, and we cover a little bit about this process too for other shows in the like in the Futurama episode, for example. Just based on how they produce things, it takes them almost nine months, or took them almost nine months mm -hmm. to create an episode. Yeah, and and so it, it was really great that somebody decided to finally cover this. Um, cause I, I mean, I, I can't believe they did the show that way for that long with nobody mm -hmm. really covering it. I mean, it's, it's totally insane for someone to take a whiteboard concept and have it on television six days later. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you come to find out the people who are working on it, they love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah again like it's not an actual sweatshop <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah like they're there they're getting paid a reasonable amount and they they enjoy it they like it uh and uh yeah they're making more of it still um because yeah what season are they aren't they're in 24 right now right yeah so there's 20 mm -hmm. there's 23 seasons of the show and then they did the uh, the pandemic episode for mm -hmm. people are calling spiritually season 24 because it's a you may want to fact check me on this, but I think there's two episodes for the pandemic and I think yep. they're like an hour each. That's yeah. that what it is. There's a vaccination okay. special and then a pandemic special. Yeah. Not to be confused with pandemics parts one and two um, startling, <laughs> <laughs> no. which those are. Mm -hmm. Those are up there with my uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite episodes, but Just yeah, pan flutist or saving the world from pan giant guinea pigs, saving the world. <laughs> Randy running around with the damn camera, but he actually is running. Look at the camera, Shelly. I'm so startled. Oh my god, guinea pirate! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah, respect and affinity for these people from six days to air. Uh, for like the, the the part that really got me was when you see how they're still having so much fun recording it in the booth. Mm -hmm. Like when Trey and Matt are making each other laugh so hard, and like they've been doing this for so long. That that was the the moment for me where I don't want like nowadays I'd probably start crying because I. I cry about everything now, but, but like when I saw that moment, I was like, holy shit, these guys have been working together as friends and as collaborators 
for for well over 25 years when that was recorded and they can still make each other laugh that hard like mm -hmm. i'm like there there are couples who hope they can exist 25 yeah. years together <laughs> <laughs> let alone be business partners support each other and make each other laugh yeah like, i mean looking at that like a like what creative teams stay together that long like even look at like one of our favorite properties of, of seinfeld like larry david didn't even stick around for like you know seven seasons of that show mm -hmm. i think he, he jumped ship after season six didn't he yeah, yeah i think so mm -hmm. yeah and for these two to stay together still still pumping out um you know, I would say quality material. I am not, I'm definitely not as far up to date um, as, as other members of this podcast uh, about the show, but like from what I've seen, like, it's still good. The quality is still there. Yeah. Well, and I think what they're just able to do really well is that they have those, they can find something funny in anything, whether it be like a terrible current event or something that actually is, you know, like really emotionally charged or anything like that. They can find like the the dark humor in it. They can find ways to mm -hmm. to, to make fun of stuff, and I and therefore you have infinite material. Yeah, <laughs> and that, and that's also something they've been pretty um pretty big talking about uh, as far as like what's like you said like what's on the table and what can be made fun of. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they they've taken the stance that hey, either everything's got to be on the table or nothing's on the table, and that's how comedy is going to have to work. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's, I don't know. I'm trying to remember like the episode where they, they do that. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's one of the more controversial things they've done, but definitely I would, I would think that it's, um, it's a, it's a controversial opinion because there are definitely going to be people, I mean, especially and even like personally, like I don't think everything needs to be made fun of or should be right. made fun of, but at the same time, I completely see where they're coming from. You know, this is a, a topic that did come up with even just us not talking about South Park, but um, just other content creators, right? Like there are content creators out there that will make something offensive in hopes that they get a reaction out of you. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who actually Throw make something. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't, we're not going to name names, but except other for that one. The one. Just, <laughs> yeah. just that one. Just that one. The, yeah, but but then they're the people who make things that uh, that they hope other people actually actually enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have clearly tapped into making things enjoyable for a humor set that was definitely not explored, or at least not as well explored in the '90s. But but there are people who have taken on uh, this. I don't want to call it sarcasm because that's not giving it nearly enough uh, credit for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's almost like humor that was in the peripheral for people and they never noticed it. And now, now they have been seeing it for almost 20 years. And so it's kind of molded us as a, as a generation. Cause I, I know, I know for a fact that m my distorted view of the world, you know, came from Seinfeld and South park. It just did. Mm -hmm. yeah right like there's some cynicism there like that's it is sarcasm but it's kind of like that dark cynicism as well just looking at yeah. everything through that type of a lens yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like it's like observational humor mm -hmm. to a point and then and then not being afraid to make fun of something yeah um yep and 
And so this would lead into controversy though on the show. Um, one of the, the easy ones to point out is that it's a cartoon. So kids are going to like it. Therefore parents are pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like you're marketing a cartoon to kids. I'm like, well, they're, they're not, they're not yeah. like, <laughs> no. it's like on at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's an advert right in front of it that says, Hey, here's a disclaimer. This isn't for kids. It's pretty lewd crude. It's just <laughs> meant, it's meant for adults. Like, I don't know. I think they've done basically everything they could to say, Hey, this is not for kids. And yet that's the same. Like, it just gets shifted on them. It's like, well, it's a cartoon. Therefore it's for kids. It's like, eh, right. off, it's well, not. And at mm-hmm. what point, like, do they suck because they're out there making a cartoon that's for adults or are you mm-hmm. shitty parent? Cause you're out there <laughs> like, <laughs> letting, letting your, your kid, kid watch South Park. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> because it's a cartoon. I mean, I, I, I lean towards you being a shitty parent um, personally. Shitty parent though, or awesome parent. Yeah, it depends how you how you like you i guess i i guess like awesome parent is if you actually sit down with your kid and explain to them hey this is a cartoon it's not meant to be taken seriously um yeah. and you don't repeat any of the things that you see on this cartoon and you actually take the time to parent then you're an awesome parent <laughs> if you're just like not paying attention to what the fuck your kid's doing and then they watch the show and they repeat something and instead of you being a parent you get mad about it and blame the show, then you're a shitty parent. Right. That's you not doing your goddamn job. Right. Um, so, and then you just feigning, I'm overwhelmed as a parent. This shouldn't be on me. It's like, well, no, you, you chose or did not choose to have a kid. Either way, this is your consequence and you have to figure it out. Yes, um, because I myself have very vivid memories of my dad watching South Park at night and mm-hmm. him just laughing his ass off and me coming into the dark room and him being like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> which which is understandable to a point. But but and let and let me let me just be very clear on this. South Park does tell some pretty important lessons to people. And, and yes, the rapper that they choose to do it with can be offensive, mm-hmm. um, which is why you have this split on people who either really love South Park or find offense with it. And obviously race relations is, is going to be something that America's always going to have struggles with, right? Mm-hmm. But, but South Park actually took this on in uh, their episode uh, with apologies to Jesse Jackson, where they take... The, the character of Token, who is, you know, literally called Token because he's the Token he's the one character. Kid in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But but South Park used this this topic and they told it in such a meaningful way because they explained the world through how Token sees it. Mm-hmm. And and so Token explains that uh, some of the offensive things that have happened in South Park can't be noticed by the main characters because they will never be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. They just can't. They, they don't come from that background and and they just will never understand these things. So they struggle with this throughout the episode, all the characters do, until the very end where Stan goes to Token and goes, hey, I don't understand and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes, I don't understand and that's okay. All that I need to understand is that you're upset about this and I need to acknowledge that. And that's, then that's it. I will, I, I'll acknowledge it. 
And I understand that you're going through something that I will never know. Mm -hmm. I was like, this came from South yeah. Park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like they do, they have still, even in, in kind of all the things that they do, it's, it's rude, it's crude, but they still hit on important themes and they deliver them in an intelligent and and truthful way. Mm -hmm. I'd even say responsible. Yeah, I would too. And yeah, yeah. There's there's the level yeah. of care there for sure. Yeah, I mean, just again taking that um, uh, that apologies episode because I think throughout the episode you have Stan and Token as like the central characters, and like each like a different part Stan saying that he finally gets it, and then he just Token just like no, you don't get it. And then Stan gets yeah. upset about it, and then it's not until finally at the end he's like. I finally get it and I get it because I don't understand it. And I never will understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just have to accept that you're upset about it. And, and we, and we, we, we work on it from there. And then tokens like you finally get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You finally get it. You actually do understand it now. So again, like that, that very, very responsible way of approaching this, situation that just for some reason i mean i would say for some reason there are plenty of reasons behind it that continues to be so hard for this country to like work past and south park from my perspective did a really good job like explaining what the issue was and how like you know white people should be handling it and addressing it mm -hmm. and it did it in such a good way and again it, of all places it came from south park yeah and i think for the, the point that Trey Parker and Matt Stone made here was that we're having a conversation, you know, like that's, that's what the show has evolved as a platform from crude fart jokes in 1997 to actually making relevant societal commentary, you know, and, cause this was, this was about uh, eight years ago, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they were already hitting some of these really important points about just the conversation in general. Um, now, as we say that, then they would go and make fun of Scientology, Mormons, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> some, <laughs> some of the things they do with, with anti-Semitism actually straddles on almost normalizing the discrimination. Because uh, I, I think with that, we can maybe we can table that one. But mm. either way, like there's still some splits there, right? People are still oh, kind yeah. of on both sides of the fence with some of these other topics. But mm -hmm. once again, it is the point of having the conversation and not hiding from it. Just like yep. the big AL episode we talked about. It's like South Park has been bringing these topics up for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's, um, if you're, if you're one of those people that just saw it as a, a stupid and crude adult cartoon, like you will actually get something meaningful from this the longer you watch it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and bringing uh, going back to the um, the Scientology bit, like that was definitely one where like there was controversy within the show itself, because you have Isaac Hayes who had voiced Chef since the start of the show, um, mm -hmm. who was a known Scientologist, left the show because of the Scientology episodes that he was done, um, yeah. and before that, like I think I think uh, like the internet definitely uh, pointed out the um, oh, what am I thinking of. Trying to think of the right word for it, uh, the contradiction behind that, because he has been quoted from much earlier on saying that South Park makes fun of everyone equally. Therefore, like you shouldn't be too offended when the show makes fun of you, 
because they're going to they're going to hit everyone eventually and then mm -hmm. they hit scientology and he gets mad and he leaves so there there is some context here that i can provide mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. um when i found out about this it it kind of upset me that these the, they're essentially friends they've been working together for a long time mm -hmm. yeah so i dug into this and i found out that um there are some conflicting stories behind what happened with isaac hayes and trey parker and Matt stone so isaac hayes ended up having a stroke right around the end of this this uh this series okay mm -hmm. with the scientology stuff and what people couldn't actually confirm was whether or not it was actually Isaac Hayes who specifically wanted to leave the show because of what they covered mm -hmm. or if it was someone with his estate or someone who was representing him at the time uh, okay. that did this. Um, because, yeah, because Trey Parker and Matt Stone said exactly what you just mirrored. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't just pick and choose when you want to get offended by something because we make fun of everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um so there was some because i don't want to speak on behalf of isaac hayes he's he's gone we yeah. can never ask him you know it, it's it's a shame but but what i did find out what i have looked into is that like from what people can point to now isaac hayes did not specifically cause his own exit from the show it sounds like it was other people at work okay and that's the thing i hadn't heard of before like I just knew that that was he was done for that season, and then of course shortly after that he passes away. Um, yeah, and then he yeah. becomes Darth Vader and shits himself he, at the bottom of a of a <laughs> cliff. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man! But you know what? I know we've got a banger to end off on here, and and Chelsea, I know you've done some research that is really going to help us uh, end on a high note, specifically with. One of the biggest assholes of all time, Eric Cartman. Yes, yes, Cartman. So here I've got a couple of different things. So I have a list of Cartman's rap sheet. Obviously, it's long with the crimes that he's all committed, been responsible for. And then along with that, there are some specific instances. But I think first... Do either of you have any specific asshole events that stick out to you or are your favorites or maybe something that was just too, too bad <laughs> that crossed the line? Any stick out? Um, events? A stick out for me, like one, that, I mean, it's definitely not where it crosses the line because I laughed my ass off with it was um, the toilet paper episode. Where he oh, toilet yes. paper is part of the town and doesn't want to go down for it. And so his response to that is to take everyone else involved in it out into Stark's Pond on a boat. <laughs> and you've got some whiffle. <laughs> you take a whiffle bat and he's whacking him in the head and trying to kill them with a whiffle bat. <laughs> is, that, is that the darkness? Take a calf. Just, just wailing on him. And like they're just sitting there like, Cartman, this is a whiffle bat. And he's I realize the uh, the flaw in my plan, but just just let the darkness take you. <laughs> just keep yeah. taking them. <laughs> so, like he he has the full intent to to murder his own friends <laughs> to keep himself from getting in trouble. Oh my god! Uh, one of my favorite Cartman moments is Faith Plus One. No. <laughs> 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 
and and it's it's he basically is in a band with you know with all the boys right kenny kyle and, and stan mm-hmm. and they disagree on what kind of music they want to make and then kyle and cartman decide it's like all right well you know what i'm gonna make more money than you doing this i'm out <laughs> so cartman decides to to make a christian rock band <laughs> and the the the, the, the the tracks that they play for this band, uh, <laughs> the oh body of Christ. Uh, he calls it uh, sleek swimmer's body, all muscled up and toned. Um, <laughs> what was the other one? Um, oh, uh, oh, oh I, I don't know. Everything about his lyrics about Jesus, mm-hmm. like the, even the record producer says that it's like, you say you love Jesus, but we actually think you're in love with, with Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> well, like, isn't, the, isn't his formula for making the making his songs is just take a, a song that's already there, and every time they say "baby," just replace it with Jesus? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh, get down man. on his knees and start pleasing Jesus. Yep, that was. <laughs> that. Oh man. <laughs> But yes. Oh God! That's that's my Cartman moment right there. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, here here's the list then. So obviously we have fraud, murder, rape, theft, arson, prostitution, cannibalism, attempted genocide, manslaughter, war crimes, hate crimes, animal abuse, grave robbery, child abuse. Vandalism, piracy, embezzlement, terrorism, drug possession, smuggling, and armed robbery. <laughs> That's a lot for a ten-year-old. Yeah, he's he's made some uh, some progress there with his limited time on this planet. And that that doesn't even involve false witness because he he lies to the police about being uh, sexually abused. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. And just three hundred three thousand six hundred short days on this planet. The things that kid has done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god! And then again, like I don't know. Again, like we've already talked about, but the whole Scott Tennerman thing. Uh, yeah. The plot to have the horse like eat his genitals. Um, and then that that just. I mean, you look at that alone. Look at that alone. Where it's basically one. He uh, sets up the murder of his parents. He's not directly the one who kills his parents, but basically puts his parents in a position where he knows it will get them killed. And then he interferes with the crime scene investigation when he steals the parents' bodies, yes. uh, grinds them up, puts them into a chili, and then forces of a can- des- of a course, and then yep. forces cannibalism upon Scott Tennerman. Um. <laughs> So that's oh, like what? God. That's four laws right there. He just I, doesn't even yeah, bat an eye at. Nope. It's yeah. It, there basically, there's there's no there's no no off limits for Eric Cartman. Anything <laughs> and everything <laughs> to get you know an extra mm-hmm. Shakey's pizza or <laughs> something free from a talk show or a oh. crack baby Olympics or whatever you know like. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that, you know, over 20, almost 25 years ago that we would be, <laughs> we would be talking about the criminal exploits of 
you know, of, of uh, fourth graders. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen ninety-seven was twenty-four years ago. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Well, if anything, Chelsea, at least it means you'll always have plenty of South Park to binge. Well, if you like this episode, why not subscribe and leave a review? Maybe even share this show with your friends. It critically helps us to continue. Your efforts also make search engines find us really attractive, hot even. Yeah, we can't thank you all enough for joining us on this journey, covering Trey Parker and Matt Stone's careers. We've had a lot of fun looking at almost 30 years of collected work. Oh, God. Next week, we're definitely getting nerdy as all hell as we roll for initiative and cover the history of role-playing games, or RPGs. We're excited to dig into a genre that's changed all different kinds of media. So until next time, keep on dissecting.